0: You know what, don't be afraid, don't let others discourage you from this, to not give in to the voices of cynicism, but rather accept the voices of goodness, but just don't be shy about it, be bold and give it your best shot.
1: Let's go! Hello and welcome to the Brand New You Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you use your brand to increase credibility in your career. I'm your host, Ryan Roten, and today's guest is Craig Kleeman from craigkleeman.com. Craig is the author of two books. His first book, called The Must React System, a user's guide to prospecting C-suite executives, earned him the taglines, The Inventor of the Must React System, and The World's Greatest Cold Caller. With his most recent book, A Winning Brand, How to Build a Powerful Personal Brand in Today's Modern Digital World, Craig now carries the title, The King of Personal Branding. Craig, it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Brand New You Show. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here,
0: Ryan. Thank you so much for having me today. No
1: problem. I got to tell you, knowing your love of rock and roll, I had to fight every bone in my body to try not to do an impersonation of Elvis, as I said, The King of Personal Branding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's
0: a good way to get started. I'm probably a little bit more of a fan of Bono than I am Elvis, but heck, they're both—they're both great artists, and I'll accept either one as a good way to start off this this meeting today.
1: Awesome, and I know that you—you uh, you have a personal story as it comes to Bono, and we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, and I'm super excited—I got say, to say—to dive into the content of your book because we are aligned on so much uh, with, of the content within the pages or the covers of the book. But before we do that, I have one question that I like to ask all of my guests before I get started, which is: If you could vacation in only one place for the rest of your vacation days, where would you go?
0: Oh, that's real easy. I own businesses in Southeast Asia. Just haven't gone there for business quarterly. I've I've realized that it you know it's an archipelago of seven thousand islands. I love doing beach stuff. I love doing big mountain waterfall things. And it's so wildly different in terms of topology from anything that we see here in North America. That would be my place. And I am fortunate enough that I get to go there quarterly and usually take a little time and romp around. So that, that would be my spot.
1: All right, I want to, to get started by talking about kind of your career story because, uh, you know, I understand from reading your book that it wasn't really long ago that you were just Craig, right? You were a normal guy. You had a strong work ethic, which was good. It helped you be successful in your sales role. But at some point, you decided, you know what, just being good isn't good enough. And so what was that like that turning point or that light bulb moment for you where you said, you know what, I, I need to change and personal branding is the avenue I need to take?
0: Good question. First of all, I had some personal things going on that I, I mentioned a little bit in the book. I had a real important relationship in my personal life, probably the most important relationship in my adult life, sort of unexpectedly melt down on me. And I had a hard time, honestly, recovering from that. That was just something that kind of fractured the nuclear family. And I wasn't quite prepared for that and i'm a cancer overcomer ryan and i i, I can speak freely about it now because i'm free from it but you know the the combination of just those two experiences kind of hitting me back to back really made me rethink gosh i want to really create a new me and i want to i want to begin to f- find my gift mix and find the very things that have made me successful and begin to amp those up in a, in a, in a, in a stronger way. And so I just started to just sort of stick my toes, you might say, into the waters of social media. And as I did that, I just began to see results after results after results.
1: You know, one one of the things that you mentioned in your book, um, is that having influential people advocate for your work is priceless. And you already alluded to it once, uh, so I wanted before we get into specifics of, of the book itself, can you can you tell me about how you met Bono?
0: Oh, I'll, I'll make sure I keep it the short version, Ryan, because I don't want it to dominate the call here. But <laughs> I, I was in Amsterdam on business, and my actually I should say I was in Europe on business for a couple of weeks. So anyway, I met up with my brother in Amsterdam, been at a really beautiful hotel, the name I can't remember this moment, and I heard a little commotion off to the side, and I looked over, and I I just was was about floored, and I I looked at my brother, Carrie and I said, don't look now, but you're not going to believe this Bono just walked in, (laughs) and my brother's looking at me like I'm just you know full of you-know-what, and I said, no, I'm not kidding, he really did so. Then we got the biggest kick out of this, Ryan, because for the next 30 or 40 minutes or so, every time a new person sort of came in and realized Bono was there, they would approach Bono in ways that you might, you know, like the the professional guy might say, hey, Bono, you know, I've been a big fan for 15 years. How about an autograph? But out of nowhere, the bodyguard would just jump in and say, I'm sorry, you know, Bono's not available for fan club time right now and just kind of smack the whole thing down. And so so my brother, you know, being the being the, the personality that he is, starts asking me these questions. Hey Craig, you know, did you did you do a lot of training and speaking at conferences this week on cold calling and how to win meetings with C level executives? I said, Well yeah, you know that. I've already told you that. Did you personally get on the phones and win meetings with CFOs, for example, of twenty billion dollar companies? Well yeah Carrots, all part of the methodology in my first book. And then <clears throat> he dropped the bomb and said, well, you're 20 feet from Bono. And I, I, I want you to go prove yourself as the world's greatest cold caller and go get a meeting with Bono right now. A
1: double dog dare you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. And I said, "Carrie, why would I want to do that? You know, what I mean, I'm like, why would I want to get smacked down by Mr. Muscle Beach over there like everyone else? And finally he said – Craig, you went a meeting with Bono that lasts at least you know, three, three, four minutes, not just a flyby. And I'll pay all of your expenses associated with this weekend. Done. And that, that, that got me thinking because we were <laughs> staying at a nice place and we were eating at great restaurants. And so I began to think about it and I thought, gosh, I can do this. This conforms to some of the principles of my first book the must react system then boom it all just came to me so i realized I, I follow bono a little more than the next guy i'm uh you know you're probably aware that he's got an amazing background in philanthropic giving and you know he's got all sorts of programs that have helped eradicate aids in places like africa and he's anyway so finally i realized it just came to me You just appeal to people based upon their core values and based upon, you know, what their personal and professional mandates are. So I got up the courage and I looked at him and I said, hey, Bono. And from 20 feet away, you know, our eyes met for that split second. And I said, Bono, I appreciate so much how you defend the poor of the earth. And, you know, Ryan, his countenance just beamed. He just looked at me like you could tell no one had ever approached him cold like that before. And then I went on to say, you know, Bono, I used to be on the board of directors for an outreach to abandoned children. And I said, I understand. I really I understand personally how hard it is to get the modern world to appreciate the plight of the rest of the world. So I grabbed my cup. And from 20 or 30 feet away, I said, cheers to you, Bono, for defending the poor of the earth. And Ryan, he picked up his cup from about 20 feet away, and we did a virtual toast. I did a drink. I sat my cup down. And then I thought, OK, Craig, now what are you going to do after that performance? You know? <laughs> and within what seemed like 30 seconds, it might have been a minute or two, but it sure seemed like about 30 seconds. Guess what? Good old Muscle Beach, Mr. Bodyguard, Mr. Gatekeeper walks right up to me and says, Bono would like to invite you to his table right now. And I looked at my brother with kind of a smug look, and I said, <laughs> thank you very much. I went over, and I had a 45-minute to an hour conversation with Bono. It was one of the most you know, stimulating, just fantastic experiences of, of, of an entire lifetime. And there's a kind of a lesson there that when, when we appeal to people based upon their core values, their professional mandates, their personal mandates, they really want to spend some time with us and talk about what, what they're passionate about. So that's how I met Bono. Thank you for asking me to share that. That's a fun story.
1: You know, there's actually just a lot of layers to that story too. you know, just uh, how you appeal to people so that they invite you in. Um, and we'll talk about some of that stuff as we dive into the principles, I think, in your book. Um, but also, I mean, I'm just going to I'm just going to say it It was pretty bold of you, right to to do that when uh, most people were taking a common approach, you took a different approach. And that's one of the things that I really like about your book is you take kind of a bold approach to how you wrote the book and what you talk about in the book. And in fact, one of the statements you make right at the very beginning of the book is in today's job market, you have to stand for something. You have to have a brand. So with that in mind, what happens to you in today's job market if you don't have a brand?
0: Yeah, great question. And let's back it up with a little bit of research. You know, the United States Bureau of Labor Statistics reports that there are more than 90 million Americans who are eligible for the workforce who are not participating. No one can quite get a handle on it, but we all know intuitively that there are countless millions more who are underemployed, seriously underemployed. And in today's world, you can no longer be a bureaucrat in a, let's say, a procurement department or a sales department or an operational department and expect to survive. And as a result of today's reality, it's extremely important to stand for something to keep the career moving. And, you know, I have friends that are C- C-level executives and large, you know, global 2000 companies. And, man, they know the story anytime there's a, there's a consolidation, there's a, you know, M&A activity, or there's a new change in leadership. They're always at risk. Sometimes the new people want to bring in their new people. There's just all sorts of reasons that people are at risk. You know, My grandfather, when he came over from Germany with his father as a young boy, he did not get a college degree, but he was a fantastic maintenance man. He could... He could really work circles around the engineers because he just had such a brilliant engineering mind. But he worked for Shell Oil Company at a refinery in middle America for 30 years. Along the way, he built himself a nice little nest egg with some real estate investments, nothing significant, but enough for he and his family to retire reasonably comfortably. Well, you know what? The days of working 30 years at one company, having a a bulletproof pension and having made a few investments along the way, those days just aren't there anymore. The average worker is is on payroll, at least in corporate America, for 3.25 years before significant change comes. So anyway, all that to say the combination of so many American workers who are either unemployed or underemployed coupled with volatility that clearly exists in this great world of ours. It's boy, it's time more than ever to stand for something. And in my own experience, Ryan, I've gone from like almost no involvement to now hundreds of thousands of followers. And you know what that has done for me? I no longer chase. I don't chase anyone for, I'll have several one to three hundred thousand dollar consulting projects, uh, net new. This doesn't even count my retain business. I'll have one to three to four uh, of those come in every year, purely through what I would call the law of attraction through social media, because I'm out there with social media with everything from videos to posting all sorts of you know positive and informative things. There's no more chase. I social. A lot of these people are teaching social selling to go chase, 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 push, push, push. But boy, you know, when you get to the place where you attract, 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 that's really the best place to be.
1: I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I reached out to you. Yes, you (laughs) did. Yes, you did. (laughs) Right? Right. So, So it works. And you've built, you know, you built your book and you built your powerful personal brand using today's modern day digital world. Basically on five principles that you talk about right out of the get go in your book, uh, which are attitude, taking inventory, discovering your originality, being consistent and getting visible. Yes. And if we take really a look at where you get started into kind of a little bit more of the tactical part of your book, you start, you talk about a digital.com. And I think this is really where attitude, in my personal opinion, comes into play here. And so I'm wondering from your perspective, what role does attitude play when you commit to giving yourself away? to the digital age.
0: Hey, uh, that's a great way to frame that question up, Ryan. I got to hang out with you more often, brother. <laughs> I just like the way you word things. Listen, that attitude is so significant. And and I'm going to really be honest with you and tell you that. Well, you remember in my book, one of the first tactical things that I ask people to do is secure first name, And when I went through my, my, brand or my company name i was many years ago was blair group.com and i named it blair group after my daughter my daughter's name is blair she's the pride and joy of my life but I, you know i got some advice from a good dear trusted friend who said craig you really need to rebrand, re-brand craig com." and i remember thinking wow, are people going to think I'm arrogant? Are people going to think I'm too bold? Are people going to think that I'm just, you know, I don't know, overwhelming? You know, or Am I going to lose credibility because it appears arrogant? But you know, I can tell you, that is one of four or five things that has really blown my brand up and got me to this place of attraction where I attract people more so than go out and chase people. So, Digital assets are huge, and having an attitude of saying, hey, forget it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with some proven principles that are successful. It might seem a little bold to my spouse or my partner or my friends when I first do it, but I'm going to do it in a way that's excellent. And, 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 I, and I did, and of course, there's always room for improvement, but that spirit of boldness had so much to do with me really beginning to, to bust those sorts of moves like Craigcleman.com and do all the bold things I've done on LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms. That's a great question. And boy, if our audience walks away with anything today, I, I hope they would walk away with a with a real motivation and real desire to be bold in doing all this.
1: I actually had a client one time who thought that having a dot .me was very forward and would turn people away. Today, our brands are so intertwined, especially in this digital world that we live. How is a personal brand different than a business brand? And if you're a small business owner, do you do you have a business brand or do you have a personal brand or how, how do you how do you address the question of which one should I build first?
0: Well, that's a great question. And I think that the answer for that is an ongoing changing dynamic. And the dynamic that I see is that through digitization, there's really now, I think, a blur and a blend between personal lives and business lives. Like, For example, Facebook, it produces as much business yield for me personally as does LinkedIn and YouTube and others and I know that might be a little surprising to some but I I believe there's there's a big blending and merging of the two going on the two at this point are becoming somewhat inseparable and when I do coaching sessions for people on branding I'm beginning to to coach them with tactics that it takes into consideration that blend and that blur And to start really uh, creating a brand that accommodates both personal life and professional life.
1: So, so let's, let's assume during that coaching coaching session, you get somebody who says, you know what, I don't. I don't need any to learn any of these new technologies or this digital age. what what how do you tutor them when you when you get that comment?
0: Well, you know the, that that kind of will lead to a deeper discussion. i'll I'll begin to ask them why and I'll begin to share with them a lot of facts and a lot of research. It's funny, I had a friend from high school. you know I haven't seen him in a long time. He read my book. He reached out to me on Facebook. He was in the optometry business years ago, not as a doctor, but as a kind of an operational person. He's now pulled together a few investors. They're purchasing a small network of ophthalmology stores and texted me on Facebook, a private message, long private message, which then led to a long phone call. And he said, Craig, you have completely upended my entire approach to the way we were planning to market this. We were going to go with local newspapers and we were going to go with yellow pages and we were going to go with some, you know, print based, you know, direct mail promotions. And he said, I really see now that building a brand and getting us out there in the electronic world is absolutely the key to make this work. So, you know, I, I just remind people that, you know, facts, that's F A C T S, facts like people want to be free. And when they are free, liberty is right around the corner. The facts of the truth of leveraging social media and leveraging in a way that's positive and in a way that gets noticed, he believes he's going to take those three or four stores, really increase the revenue associated with them, and then become acquisitive and go on an acquisition binge and start buying one or two per year. So stories like that, just I think just facing cynicism, challenging apathy, and then challenging people to put their toe in the water with an attitude of boldness that that that's really sort of the the best sort of encouragement I would give someone with that kind of question.
1: Yeah, I you know as I as I think back over my career and the things that I learned, you know, as as I was going up and how to go about approaching your career, it was basically you know that old school mentality of get good grades, go to school, get a good job, you know, and you'll live happily ever after. And we've already alluded to, you already alluded to earlier, many of the the reasons why that's not so much the case anymore. And to paraphrase James Brown, today we really have to get a brand new bag. That's right. know, there's, there's, just, there's just no two ways about, around it. So as we, move, as we move into the next couple of principles in your book, taking inventory and discovering your originality, yes. one of the things that you talk about a lot is having this bold brand. And I'm curious, before we get into your definition of that, what role do you see self-awareness playing in building a bold brand?
0: Man, a big, a big role, and I think that's a good question. Ryan, you're just full of good questions today. You're a great interviewer. <laughs>
1: We got to do this more Thank you. often, brother.
0: You're welcome. Uh, I think that that's very, very important. You know, I, I I believe very firmly that as we as we as we stick our toes in the water, as we begin to be unafraid, and as we begin to kind of go through the recipes of the book. You know, I tried to write it like a cookbook. Really? Did you notice that? I mean, I yeah, I did. I tried to make it. This is just like, hey, here's the ingredient. Use that A little salt, a little garlic, you know, and I will tell you that one of the most important components to this for me was uh, in, in the reflection was to kind of take that inventory and who am I and what do, what do I love that other people might find interesting? Well, one of those is global travel. I mean, I travel the world all year, every year. A lot of my work can be done from anywhere, have Wi-Fi can work kind of thing, you know? You know, so world travel is something that's important to me that people seem to really embrace and engage with me. My audience engages with me about that. Um, another topic I'll just mention is, is peace. I mean, I, I am, I'm one of these guys who really, truly believes and prays for peace, so I wear a peace sign necklace everywhere I go. Uh, a lot of my sign-offs, I almost always give a peace sign in my photos. People want to do photo ops with me, I'll give the peace sign. So it, And it's interesting how my audience really grabbed on to both the global travel and the peace, just as two sort of items. So all that was a result of taking inventory, What do I do? What are the values in my life? And how can I express them in a positive way that will attract people to my brand?
1: Bob Dylan once said that if uh, you don't underestimate me, I won't underestimate you. And I found that one of the most important aspects for me when I was starting to do this critical evaluation of myself was getting... Outside or external perspectives. Do you find that having, you know, information or someone else's opinion about you helps to build that bold brand as well?
0: Oh, man. I, I think you just really brought up one of the single most important components. And I, gosh, I have talked about this so many times. You know, if the late Stephen Jobs taught us anything, it was the power of the external perspectives. You know, if you or I were a, senior manager on Stephen Jobs, the late Stephen Jobs staff, and we weren't cultivating world-class content for our teams. And we weren't attending world-class conferences. And we weren't going out of our way to engage with world-class consultants. You know, we would last probably about 10 minutes on Stephen Jobs' staff. I mean, he would give us the boot real quick. And that's because he knew that organizations and people, when left to their own devices, grow inward and grow stale. So this whole idea of having an insatiable curiosity and being wide open to external perspectives is absolutely vital. And if you don't mind, Ryan, I'm just gonna dovetail on that and tell you that I own 300 pairs of sunglasses in my wardrobe. And, you know, and I got to tell you that and you can probably see in all my social media assets that I wear, you know, sunglasses. And, you know, there's a reason behind that. It's not just to kind of act cool. It's not like to just act like I'm a rock star because I clearly am not. It's because of exactly that point. I believe in the power of external perspectives and I believe in symbolism. And you know what? Those sunglasses and that peace sign are constant reminders that that I need the perspective of others to build my brand and become the best I can be. And that peace sign necklace, I've got quite a few of them. The reason I have those and love those and always I'm always looking for another cooler one is because I just want to always be sending the sig- signal of, hey, man, we can't have peace. We can have interpersonal peace. We can have world peace. We just have to start believing and Putting, you know, putting putting actions out there that goes towards that. So I am so thankful that you brought up that topic of external perspectives. I think it's vital for anyone who wants to build a strong brand and, quite frankly, just become the best they can
1: be in life. I would have to imagine, too, that the external perspective would play quite a bit into determining your personal gift mix.
0: It does. And I think getting that perspective from others, from loved ones, in the book, we have some surveys, and I think we even expand on those surveys pretty significantly in the the online course that leads the viewer to really going out to people that have mentored them, people that have been their bosses, people that have been their siblings, I mean, people that really know them and aren't going to pursue it from, from, a, from an emotional, harsh view, but from an objective view, but by having that openness to external perspectives and leaning on others is one of the components to, I think, finding one's voice and finding one's brand.
1: Wow, well said. I um, I, I agree with you. One of the one of the things that really opened my eyes was the perspective of people external to me, you know. And it and it it requires you, frankly, to be bold to go out and to ask these people who you trust, these people who, you know, you can fight in that you consider to be your friends to ask them, what, you know, what do they think about you? Or what do you, what do they think when they think of you, if that makes sense? And I know for me, it was a very eye opening experience. Yeah,
0: I I agree with you, you know, and and I'll go back to a TED talk that Bono gave a few years ago that I've just never forgotten. I just, he went on when talking about facts again, F-A-C-T-S, he said, facts. That if we hear them and heed them, can help us uh, help us meet the challenges to become a great generation that overcomes. And I think in a micro way, we can apply that to our own individual lives. That facts that other people care for us, that will speak to us. Maybe we don't always want to hear them, but those facts, if we hear them and we heed them, can help us become great people build great brands and soar much higher in life than otherwise we would.
1: You spend a, you spend a good portion of the book talking about, you know, understanding your brand and you do a very good job of explaining why it's important. But as you move into what I'll call the kind of the back, the second half or the social media portion of your book, um, how you leverage that brand that you've now discovered into social media helps with the remaining principles that you spouse in your book, which is be consistent and get visible. So as we dive into what uh, this social media portion, how important now is it for you to be consistent when you're building your brand?
0: Great question. I, I do believe consistency is very, very important. I And I also believe the integration of... Uh, A variety of different platforms, and quite frankly, I think video is becoming extremely powerful. All the statistics I read, the video gets a lot more lift, even than than even images. Images are good, but I think, like Rod Stewart said, you know, every picture tells a story. Craig Kleeman says, you know, every video tells a thousand stories, and so, you know, I've learned that doing a full integration of of, of boldly approaching social media i one thing that's just jumping out at me brian as he asked the question was getting bold with video and finding my voice there and and finding it confidently and then repurposing and republishing that video on a variety of different platforms that had a big impact on my brand sort of taking off and man, I, I just can't even begin to tell you what a positive impact that's had on me both personally and professionally.
1: So speaking of videos, sticking with YouTube uh, in particular and just, uh, you know, filming yourself, that could be a very frightening proposition to people. What, how, do you, how do you give advice to folks to say, hey, you got to get in front of the camera. How do you, how do you get them there?
0: It's a very, very good question. First of all, We offer some coaching sessions to help people do this, but but let me back up the train and tell you this. Shout out to my friend, Randall Laveau. Randall was actually someone I mentored early in his career. He's now grown up to be quite the accomplished professional. He called me up one day and said, hey, Craig, I want to have lunch with you. It's going to be a long lunch. And can I just come over to your place and we order in? I got a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. I said, "Okay, Randall, do you want to give me some hint?" He goes, "No, I just want—I just want like the entire afternoon." And we know each other well enough where I where I would make time for him to do that. He came in. He brought a GoPro. He brought a, um, a tripod. Uh, Randall. Randall said, "We're going to spend the day. We're going to teach you." how to not just video, not just the complexities of the video, which actually once you get the hang of it with a GoPro and the the GoPro app on your iPhone, it's pretty darn easy to execute. So he showed me literally, you know, how to place myself, how to find my voice, how to find my sign off and my opening. The content was sort of on me, but the delivery of it, he tremendously helped me. So I, first I'd say, Find someone like Randall or sign up for some coaching sessions with me personally and we can really distill the key components. One is just technologically, how do I do this? You can even do it with an iPhone. I I decided to go the GoPro route because it gets a better quality and also gives you, you the ability to use your iPhone as a viewer and... Once you learn just a little bit about lighting and how to make lighting work and find good settings, and then once you spend a little bit of time of working on your voice, the introduction and the, clo- the intro and the outro are very important, and then, you know, the, of course, the content, and you learn how to do these three minutes. It's about people's time, you know, bandwidth is about three minutes. I mean, it, yeah, there's some structure involved, and, it, yeah, it does seem daunting. But you know, with just a little bit of coaching, I mean, Randall spent a day with me. I think he came down and spent another day with me. And boom, I've I've been self-publishing ever since. And now I have videographers I work with for bigger projects who do far more sophisticated editing and far more sophisticated, almost animation-oriented videos. But nobody's got to start there. And I sure didn't start there. I just got started with a GoPro and an iPhone.
1: Yeah, it sounds like uh, what, you're, what you're telling those who are listening is that if you have a phone, a smartphone with a camera, there's absolutely no reason why you can't just catch a magic moment and just go do it right here and now.
0: I, you know, I, I catch magic moments on my iPhone and upload them to Facebook pretty darn regularly. And I am convinced that a little video, a little promotion, a little creativity, a little putting yourself out there, you wake up one day, And that brand works, and and one of the measurements of that brand working is you attracting people instead of having to chase people, you know? It's a powerful thing when that happens.
1: You close out your book, by, and, and I think it's probably a good place to close us out here today, but I do want to reiterate. I mean, we talked about YouTube, but you also cover in your book Multiple different social media platforms such as LinkedIn, such as Twitter, uh, such as Instagram, uh, you know, and all are written in a way, as you said earlier, basically a recipe and like any recipe, those those who read the book can kind of season it to their taste. But one of the ways that you personally can help people um, is through your online companion course. And you already talked a little bit about it, but you can tell us where people can find the course and what they can expect if they were to sign up.
0: Oh, well, thank you for that. And I'd be happy to. They can find it online at just simply a winningbrand.com. What they can expect is a whole bunch of what we talked about today in a highly structured format. I believe 20 or 21 videos. 17 work guides, a work guide, a review guide associated with almost each video. And then as we go along, there's a checklist for the viewer. The course is highly tutorial in nature. First of all, you know, in the course, someone would go through the personal inventory, discover their originality, get some external perspectives, begin to understand what they want their brand to be. And then we go into... Securing your digital domain and securing all these different assets in tutorial mode, step by step, including building a YouTube channel and, you know, finding your voice. All of it is in the course, and we sure would love to invite your your audience to go visit a winningbrand.com and get started in a step-by-step systematic structured way at building their own brand.
1: Awesome. Fantastic. And I hope many, many people go visit that. And in the spirit of Bon Jovi now, uh-huh. um, back back to Slippery When Wet, if you go back way back to 1986, I want to encourage everybody listening to never say goodbye. <laughs> and so with that in mind, Craig, what are some of the best ways for people who are listening to contact you?
0: Hey, thank you for that. They, they can contact me at Craig at CraigCleeman.com, and those are both Ks, Craig with a K and Cleman with a K. So I'll just repeat that, Craig at CraigCleeman.com. My Twitter handle is at Craig underscore Cleman, and I'm very responsive and very active on Twitter. Craig Cleman is simply my LinkedIn, LinkedIn name, and Craig Cleman is simply my Facebook and my, my Instagram So people can find me at any of those places, and I always do my best to reply.
1: All right, Craig, any final thoughts or tips you'd like to pass on to anybody that's listening today that will help them build a winning brand?
0: You know what? Don't be afraid. Don't let others, when you start doing this, there's always going to be a voice somewhere in your life that may discourage you from this. And my fear is that people will sometimes give in to some of those discouraging comments from people who just maybe are negative or just maybe don't quite see it. I would say to those people, be real careful to not give in to the voices of cynicism, but rather accept the voices of goodness and the voices of hope. And just don't be afraid and get in there and give it your best shot. If you need some help, call me. We do coaching sessions. The online course will be a big help, but just don't be shy about it. Be bold and give it your best shot.
1: Awesome. Craig, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I like I said at the very beginning, you and I are very aligned on all of this stuff, and it's been absolutely my pleasure having you on the show today.
0: Well, Ryan, it's it really is the same feeling, and you're real professional at what you do. I just admire just the way you've prepared and read the book and systematically, you know, sort of structured this interview. It's just been a wonder to behold. I'm real impressed and be happy to collaborate with you anytime, my
1: friend. Be happy to do that. Awesome. Well, that might be something we can talk about in the future for sure.
0: All right, Ryan. Thank you. Cheers. Peace. I'm out for now.
1: I think I can sum up today's show with the following statement. It's time for you to build your own winning brand. As Craig said, the days of corporate ladders, pension plans, and lifetime employment are long gone. The principles of old have been replaced with new principles, and these principles are the new way to success in your career. It may very well be a bold step for you to purchase your own domain name, but that's how it starts. Taking one small, bold step puts you in motion and it gives you momentum. Once you have the momentum, you will find it much easier to get visible and become consistent. Craig, thank you for your time on the show today and for sharing your wisdom with us. I know you've helped provide some direction to those listening, even if they still haven't quite found what they're looking for. Speaking of those of you listening in, first, thank you for tuning in today. And second, I have a little contest for you. During today's show, I referenced a song during Craig and I's discussion on the importance of video. Did you catch it? If you did, tweet out the artist's name and the title of the song using the hashtag CareerCred. The first person who does this will win a copy of my new book, CareerCred, Four Simple Steps to Build Your Digital Brand and Boost Credibility in Your Career. If you haven't picked up a copy of the book yet, you can do so on Amazon or any of your favorite virtual bookshelves. And if you have already purchased a copy, thank you, thank you, thank you. And please don't forget to go back and leave a rating and review. You can find the show notes and all the links to everything Craig and I discussed today over on the blog at ryanroden.com forward slash Craig Kleeman. Finally, for those of you who may not know, I have started a vlog. So if you're interested in learning more or maybe even subscribing, go on over to CareerCred, that's cred with a K, careercred.tv. Take a look and subscribe. That wraps us up for today. So until next week, I've been Ryan and I'm out. Today's show was edited and produced by Ryan Roden. The transition music is Wild Surf by Vitality, and In the intro and outro music, as always, is Pulse by soundroad.